Well, a day after laying the smackest downest on the Los Angeles Lakers, the Phoenix Suns got slizzapped in the fizz eight for shizzer. They got they, they they got punched in the face is what I'm trying to say, Matthew. Uh, welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Welcome, Matthew. It looks like you're hanging out in the closet this evening. No, I'm actually across town. You know, you travel for work and so do I. So I'm actually in a different state. I will not disclose that information, but really? I am not in Phoenix. So, uh, yeah, bad loss tonight. But honestly, we kind of expected a loss tonight if it did happen, but not like that. It was kind of disappointing, the effort, but they would just look super tired from the beginning. Yeah, it was uh, It was just one of those games where, you know, second of a back-to-back, you don't necessarily know if uh, – if fatigue had anything to do with it, you know, you, you like yeah. to not think that fatigue has something to do with it, considering it's the third game of the season. But then you take into account it's three games and four nights to start your season. Uh, we know that the next game for the Phoenix Suns isn't until next Wednesday at home against the Sacramento Kings. So, you know, you have to take this loss with a grain of salt. And I think that that's the way that I, I kind of, uh, I approached it. So, um, yeah, something is wrong with the mic, Darth. Something's not sounding good on my end. You're a little echoey, um, but I kind of like it. It kind of turned me on a little bit. But what about now? How's it sound now? Am I no, it's, better? <laughs> it's still echoey a little bit. So you got the camera fixed. We're almost there. We got the camera fixed. What the hell is going on this season? I don't know. I love it though. You know, the mishaps. This is what makes us special. Hi, Chihuahua. One I'm of those a, days, man. It's just one I'm of in an days. undisclosed location. Hey, at least we're doing the pod, though, right? Yeah, Get I guess so. Off. But let me see here. Uh, Matthew, I'll let you talk a little bit uh, while I do this. You can start the show or whatever. Just give me a second. We'll try to figure it out as I go. Yeah, so tonight, I mean, the best thing about this game, honestly, is when you go into next game, when they get to play the Sacramento Kings, it's a team that you want to bounce back against. I honestly think what is so special about this season, even though we just went through a back-to-back, is everything's just so spread out. We actually have some time in between games to readjust, uh, rest, come back, play better. That's what you're going to see a lot this season. Um, honestly, don't think tonight there's too much to take away because, look, their faces said it all. You can tell on Booker's face when you know he's tired, and he doesn't show it. There's one guy on the team that shows it a lot, and that's DeAndre Ayton. He Booker was shown he was tired. So I once I saw that in the second quarter, I'm like, this is not going to be good. Any time that they actually had a chance to come back, never happened. Just because on the other side, you got Portland. You have these teams coming out to try to defeat the Suns in a time where you know they're defending Western Conference champions and they're going to put it all out there. So we are doing our best tonight to get this pod together. It's 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 been quite the shit show the last three, but let's get this started. Johnny, coming back on? Oh, there you are. Let's and can you hear me now. okay? There you go. You sound beautiful now, man. Okay. I don't know what the heck is going on. It's just, it's, it's one of those right. days. It's where... been a crazy day, man. And uh, you know better than anyone, uh, I'm extremely grumpy right now. 
Oh yeah, Shannon was texting me all the way back. <laughs> yeah, so you know, first and foremost, my wife doesn't believe in Uber, so I was her Uber tonight. I had to drive yeah. all over Phoenix today, which fucking sucks. That is the worst. The snowbirds are back. I can verify that. Mm-hmm. Dodgers lose, they're done. Notre Dame wins, but I mean, and then you have this this loss by the Phoenix Suns. And again, you know, as we mentioned, uh, you take a look at it, it's 135 to 105. The Phoenix Suns, and I don't even think that's correct. I think I even put in the wrong numbers. 134 to 105. Yeah, or 134, yeah. Yeah, so the, the Phoenix Suns lose by a total of 29 points at Portland. And, you know, I got to ask you, Matthew. In fact, I got to ask you. You know what? I have a drop for I've got to ask you. Matthew, I got to ask. You know, Matthew, do you think that this loss is more due to fatigue or lack of focus? No, it's fatigue. And the one thing, like, before this game, even watches the solar panel this morning, it's like Dave was guessing, you know, if we lose this game, we'll win the next one. It's it's not mm-hmm. a big deal because these back-to-backs are very – they're kind of seldom in a way to where it's so spread out. I was just saying before when you got cut off, but all these games are so spread out. So when you have the back-to-backs, they might hurt a little bit more. Just because, you know, last season it was so condensed. So when you're playing the back-to-backs, it felt normal. Now I feel like this season it might be a little different, right? With the back-to-backs, these teams might be a little bit more fatigued. And I brought up the way Booker looked. Booker was out of it from the beginning. The, 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 the game they had against the Lakers, all of that, all the fighting, all the punches they took from the fans during that game, you know, right to the jaw, that came into effect tonight, right? That came into effect the way this team was just so tired. And it was just a no-go. From the second quarter, you just knew they didn't have it in them. It's unfortunate, though, because, you know, this is a team that we should beat. We mentioned the reasons why on the podcast last night that defensively this team doesn't really play well. Uh, And they show that tonight. It wasn't necessarily that they were beating the Suns. I feel like the Suns essentially were beating themselves. Uh, they end they end the game shooting 32.1% from three-point land. And what's interesting is through the first three games, or the first two games, I'm sorry, they were shooting 34% from deep. And that's good for, I think it was 21st in the league. So that's going to drop some more. So, you know, we, we're not hitting the three ball. We end up shooting 48% on the night, but that's because the fourth quarter of the team finally kind of started to put a little bit together and a little bit in the second half. They put it together. But that first half, it was abysmal. Uh, shout out to, to uh, Code JJM in the chat, one of our loyal jamsters uh, for the twenty dollars. We appreciate that. Yeah, so the, thank Cam, you. the Cam Again. Johnson Jersey Fund he says we back are not real. We are not overreacting. Every game counts. We missed the playoffs two seasons ago by one game. We missed the one seed last season by one game. Soft. Yeah. Yeah. And I do echo that sentiment. I definitely do. You know, okay. when games are there to win, you have to seize them. And you you take a look at Portland. They're a team that obviously is trying to develop something new this season, trying to create a new identity with Chauncey Billups as the head coach, with some of the extra pieces that they've added. And they're a team that, you know, they're doing everything they can to have Dame Lillard uh, be happy, if you will. So you take that and you couple that with the fact that, I'll, I'll look at it like this, Matthew. This is a target game. The Suns have a target on their back. We talked about it after the Denver game. Yeah. We're going to talk about it all season long. You're not going to get shitty performances from the opposition because they know who the Phoenix Suns are now. And I feel like that is the why. It's not necessarily fatigue. As I mentioned, this is the beginning of the season. Tim Kempton was talking about on the radio. I know because I was driving around a lot tonight listening to John Bloom and J- Tim Kempton call the game. And that's one thing that Timmy said. He's like, you know what? This shouldn't be a fatigue game. It's the third game of the season, man. I, I know it's three games and four nights in this travel, but... You just had all this time off beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I agree with Code JJM. Like, it sucks because, 
a game in October is just as important as a game in March yes. and April. And that's why it's frustrating to lose this game in the manner that we did. Yeah, that's true. There's so many things going into this, though, where looking back at this in a couple of weeks when the Suns are on a roll, we'll be like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, they were tired. And you can you can even say, yeah, they had a lot of time off, but it's still getting the legs underneath them. So they have to be used to these back-to-back -back situations. I just think that's a big factor. And when you play a full game like that against the Lakers, where you have to get a win, you don't want to go 0-2, you want to start the game, or you want to start the season out at least 1-1, one one, that's what they pulled off. So that was great to do that. Then you come into this game, it's like, how are you going to respond? They found out how they're going to respond. I don't think it's really... I, I can take a lot of negatives out of it, but I'm honestly, it's one of those games where it was frustrating because it was a blowout, but it was just kind of like accepting, accepting it. If the leader of your team, Booker, is just not looking as good as he should, and he really hasn't started the season out too well, but just his energy was there usually in the first two games. This game, it just wasn't there. No one else is clicking. I mean, especially Aiton. There was just mm -hmm. nothing really there flowing for the Suns offensively. If they got anything going, it would be cut just like that nothing continued at all no continued success at all this whole game well what's unfortunate is the fact that Devin Booker looked good to start the game he came out I think he hit what five of his first six or five of his first seven and you're like okay here we go Devin Booker's gonna roll he had nine points I think in the first quarter he ends yeah. with the 29 he ends with nine from 19 and my primary observation on this game it was simple the Suns just none of the shots were going down, man. They had some really good looks at the important points of the game. Because as the second half, uh, you know, went down, the team played better. And by yeah. ten minutes left in the game, you know, all the scrubs were in because it was that far. I mean, they they kept fighting, but the Portland Trailblazers wouldn't miss. I mean, you think about this game. We lose by a total of twenty nine points, right? And for the most part, the statistics are even, except for one main statistic, and that was three point shooting. The Portland Trailblazers hit 21 of 50, 21 of 50. They shot 50 fucking threes tonight, 42%. The Suns were 9 of 28. So if you do the math on that, that's a plus 36 for the Portland Trailblazers from downtown. They win by 29. The three-point ball is what it truly came down to. Because I didn't see a ton of horrible things for the Suns outside of a lot of just missed mid-range and... Uh, shots around the basket in the first half that allowed the Portland Trailblazers to extend that lead going into half going up uh, into halftime. They were up by 20 by halftime. Yeah. And even though the Suns came out in the third quarter and scored 34 points, the Portland Trailblazers scored 39. You know, I mean, they just they couldn't miss tonight, especially from deep. If you go up and down the box score and you look at their three point shooting numbers, you know, uh, McCollum six for 11. Two for four from Covington. Two for four from Powell. And we'll hope. I hope he's okay. I think uh, he had a knee injury. He didn't come back in the second half. Uh, two for seven from Dame. Two for two from Larry Nance. Uh, one for four from Nasir Little. Four for eight from Anthony Simons. I mean, the whole team just—they're all shooting all, like over fifty percent from deep. Yeah, that's how they kill you. And when we did the preview, the little knowledge we have about this team already. It's like no defense. They're going to outshoot you if they can. And that's what they did. And the way the Suns, you know, they can get what they want offensively, but it's like tired legs are not going to help the ball go in. So it was mostly that. And yeah, Booker did start the game good, but it just got to a point to where, ooh, was that a beer snap? Yeah, I, I, didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to do one because of my audio right, and my can video. I get mine in? Can I get mine? Go for it. Let me just put the there you go. That was a nice one. That was nice. a nice Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. I, you know, this game, it, it's one of those where, you know, even like um, when you get Alfred Payton in there too, working in there, which is kind of cool. I mean, I already saw some comments that, um, you know, he's been doing, he did a good, to, he did a good job tonight. Right. And what's nice is you wanted to see him tonight because of the back to back, not getting minutes of the game before you want to see him come in and expend those minutes away from Chris Paul and Cameron Payne. And he did. He came in and he did his job. And we can see, we now see like the three-headed kind of monster we have with the point guards. Well, and, you know, that was going to be my original. Matthew, I've got to ask question is, hey, uh, you know, Cameron Payne didn't play in this game. Enter the Alfred. How excited are you that Alfred Payton got to play? He got this. He got the uh, the second team nod, if you will, with. Cameron Payne being out. He scores 14 points on six for 11 shooting, uh, has yeah. six assists, looks very efficient. What he does, no long range shots. I think he shot one three, but I mean, you just see his affinity to attack the paint. And it's something that I really liked with the second team unit where they had Alfred Payton, Landry Shamit, uh, Abdul Nader, Cam Johnson, and JaVale McGee as they were attacking the paint early. And unfortunately, you can attack the paint all you want if you're missing those shots and the Trailblazers are going down on the other end and they're hitting the threes. I mean, it's just game over. It is. And the Alfred Payton thing, everyone was really skeptical. I have my Invisalign in, so I can't skeptible. say the word. I can't skeptical. Say it. Is it even a word? I don't think that's a word right now. But anyways, you guys know what I'm skeptical. trying to say, though, right, Jamsters? So a little bit about him just coming into this game, trying to make a name for himself. I know he's not making a whole lot of money, but he has a lot of energy still. You know, if facilitating the ball with the six assists is really nice but just the the way that he can get to the to the rim dish it out you know even try to throw up a little floater here and there he's a guy kind of camera paint ish in a way and you get him for less money and he's your third point guard so you're winning anyway with this guy right now and i am actually really I mean, shocked no, actually that. we're not matthew we he played what? and we lost no i don't <laughs> we're yeah, but... not winning at all with him in there no, I know, but you know what I mean, dude. Like, because he I know put what up you good mean. minutes, and it's not his fault that we even lost the game. It's really everybody else. You can't blame Cameron Johnson, though, at all. I don't think you can blame him at all because he looked beautiful tonight. But Alfred Payton is a guy where you want to see what he can do. And what I really like is how Monty did use him a lot because of the back-to-back. And last season, maybe there was some stuff with substitutions where you want to see more of some guy and let some guy rest. And maybe this is something that Monty does all season long. Well, Cameron Payne was hurt at the end of last game. You know, he's, he's limping around. Uh, he, I think he had an ankle issue. That's the reason he didn't play tonight. That's why Alfred Payton got the start. And, you know, that's the advantage of this Suns team is they have the capacity to be deep. Yeah. So if somebody is a little nicked up on the on the second night of a back to back, you can play somebody and have quality minutes. You know, exactly. it's, it's I think the frustrating part about this game is just the fact that we just we got we lost so bad because there was a lot of positives here. You know, I, I agree with Code JJM that every game counts and you have to you know, you have to pick these games up. But at the same time, like in the greater span of 82 games, I'm not overly worried about this loss because I saw some good things. The shots were there. They just weren't falling. They were wide open shots in the in the mid range. You know, Mikhail was missing them. JaVale McGee was missing. Booker yeah, was, was missing. Eight was I mean, everybody across the board was missing those shots, but they were getting to their spots and they were, you know, close to going in. Um, I just. You know, you met, you mentioned your boy, and, and you, you know it's that time. Lights, Cameron, action. You know, he continues to look good. Yeah. You know, in this game as well, uh, only played the 15 minutes, had five points, two for four from the field, one for three from downtown. 
he had one assist, but it was a damn good assist. Like I'm really starting to see him and JaVale oh, McGee yeah. develop yeah. quality chemistry. JaVale McGee as well. I mean, he was the Suns offense early on. He had 10 of the Suns first 32 points. And if he didn't get in that third foul, like he would have p- continued to play better. Uh, but, you know, Cameron Johnson, although I don't know if he's making this the leap that I necessarily expected him to, like I think Mikhail is really starting to do, uh, I still am. There, there's a lot of positive things happening there. Yeah. And I mean, it's his second year. So, I mean, coming into this year, I just think that the way Mikhail kind of took off from his first to second year, it took it's a little third while year. Right, to progress. It's, it's Cameron year. Johnson's third year. Yeah. Oh, my bad. He wasn't a rookie right. last year. Should we just stop the pod? <laughs> like what? Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding, man. We're all disheveled. Like just, we're, we're all, all dis- everywhere. We're all disheveled. So, yeah, well, give him a little. So going in third. I'm just saying, like, third year, he'll be fine. But that dish, I wanted to say, when he, when he did that, those are little things where it's just like, what? Like, give me more of that. When you're not helping any other way. And he's only playing 15 minutes, which kind of sucks. But maybe he was just too tired or something. But I just think that when he's having those kind of games where he's facilitating the facilitating the ball with Jabelle McGee, something that they probably work on all the time and it's working mm-hmm. out on the floor. That's awesome. I'd love to see that. And especially in a game like this where it's a blow, you want to see little things like that. No, I, I do too. You, you look for those little positives. Uh, on the negative side, Los Suns says, he says, Shamit's not looking good. And I actually wrote this so. in my notes uh, as well. Where, where did I put this here? I'm like, does, does Shamit seem passive to you? Like in the preseason when he was getting the starts with the ones, he was very aggressive and he played like he belonged, but right now he just doesn't look good. He's not pulling the trigger. He's passive. He'll get the ball wide open and he won't shoot it right away. I mean, he only, he played 17 minutes tonight, but he, he was two for four from the field, one for three from deep total of five points, two assists, three rebounds. He's not pulling the trigger. Like we expect him to. I mean, the the reason I'm so high on Landry Mm Shaman entering this year is because this is an ideal role for him. This is the exact role he can fulfill. It's like, listen, you just get to go in there and be a flamethrower. When the ball's thrown your way, just jack it up, man. I don't care if you shoot 10 times in a game. You get the ball, you're open, you shoot. And now he's getting the ball. He's coming off of curls like he should. He's just, he's passing. I think he's trying to integrate himself a little too much into the offense. Maybe he's a little jealous. He sees Cam Johnson and JaVale McGee like passing the ball to each other and getting dunks. And he's like, I want to be part of this. I want to I want to help my guys out. It's like, no, man, just pull the trigger. Take the shots. I mean, have you noticed the same thing or am oh, I just crazy? No, just a little bit tonight. And you want to see it when Booker is struggling the rest of the game, kind of even after a hot first quarter start. You want to see him shoot more. And that's kind of why we brought him in, right? That's why you're yeah. excited, right? For him to come in and shoot more, be more aggressive that way. So what we saw in preseason was something we were really hyped for. And it's kind of looking the other way. I don't know if it's because everything's just being taken so seriously now because it is a regular season and these minutes matter more to where maybe he wants to be a guy that can facilitate and show that he can do more. Maybe that's the frustration Kyrie Irving had with him in Brooklyn. Maybe that's something that used to happen. Who knows? So Who knows? there's maybe there's a frustration side we will get with Shamit. We were very excited about him in preseason. He got his money. Everything was looking great for him. He might have an off game here or there, but for him to be a shooter, that's really what we need. We need that guy behind Devin Booker to come in and just lights out, shoot the ball. And that's why I didn't play the sham wow segment tonight because it was it was a very he didn't earn un, un, un wow performance, man. You know, yeah. I just I'm super high on this guy. Obviously, it's it's game three of the season, three games in four nights. We're gonna have. Th- a bunch of time off before we have a five-game homestand that starts against the Sacramento Kings, and there's plenty of time for him as well as the other members of the Phoenix Suns to get right, but I was just really looking forward to him. I thought tonight was going to be a night where we had like 
uh, a Landry Shamit 20 point performance with Cameron Payne out. That means you pretty much go to kind of that three guard philosophy where it's like, okay, Alfred yeah. Payton's going to get some of those minutes, but it's pretty much going to be Devin Booker with Landry Shamit or Chris Paul with Landry Shamit. I thought that he would have an opportunity to really, you know, tickle the twine, set the world. Up. He's on fire. And he just, <laughs> again, the first thing I noticed in the first half was, especially as the Suns were starting to lose uh, the, or as the deficit became greater and greater. I'm like, this is the time where Shamit should just be pouring it in. And he just, he wasn't pulling the trigger. So it's just one of those things, you know, again, the advantage of doing this podcast and, and, and hanging out with the Jamsters and talking to you guys after every game is we notice these little things and we point out these little things. And, you know, again, we you can compartmentalize what you view one night and go, okay, this was just a shit performance or this was an amazing performance, but we yeah. noticed little things. And it's like, Hey, just of note, Landry Shamit seems passive. Is this a trend we're going to notice moving forward? Or was this just a one game thing? Is this a trend or is this just a blip on the radar? My hope is obviously that's a blip on the radar. I want Landry Shamit uh, to earn his sham. Wow. Segment as much as possible. But when you have performances like tonight, you know, again, you get five points from Landry, Landry Shamit, you lose by 29 points. Like if he gives you 10, it's a different story. Yeah, maybe he can be somewhere in the middle. But and honestly, to make you happy, it sounds like just shoot, shoot the ball. Yes, that's all you want to be. And that's fine, because when you come off the bench, there's certain roles you just want to fill. And with Shamit, that's what we expected is to be a shooter. So you don't want to do any any too, too much stuff and too little stuff. You want to stick with what you're really good at, right? And that's a James mm-hmm. Jones guy. That's a Monty Williams guy. Come in, you're really good at one thing, and one thing is shooting. So for him to come in, hopefully the next few games, he can prove that he's just a guy that can focus on that one thing. No, completely. I mean, that that's his specialty. That's like you said, you know, he, that's what makes him a James Jones guy. He's one does one thing elite. Yeah. And he just he's not doing elite necessarily to start the season. And as I mentioned, nor are the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are not a good three point shooting team to start this season. And we have the necessary assets to be a good three point shooting team. They're just not falling right now. Again, when you shoot and you only make nine and the, the opposition makes 21 against you. You're not unless you're living at the line, which the Suns didn't necessarily do tonight. You're not going to win that game. You know, the Suns shot 10 for 15 from the free throw line as the Blazers shot 11 for 17. And, you know, here's also kind of another observation. And again, I know it's early. So the the sample size is definitely small uh, to start the season, but we're three games into the season now. The Phoenix Suns, as I just mentioned, only shot 66% from the line. Uh, in the first two games, they shot uh, 73%. That's 19th in the league. So that number will go down with tonight's performance. So we we are getting to line. You know, it's one of the observations I, I noted. Uh, yeah, I think it was last game where, you know, it's like this team is attacking. They're getting to the line. You know, yeah. you look at their overall free throw attempts in the league. They have the eighth most free throw attempts but they're shooting 19th in the league. Again, small sample size, but this isn't a trend I want to continue because that's been what made the Suns of last season so deadly is when we got to the line because we were like last or second last actually getting to the line. Now we're getting there more frequently, but we're not hitting those free throws. You can't have both. You can't. Yeah, why can't we have both? Why can't we get to the line and just fucking kill it there? You know, again, 10 for 15 tonight, that's only five points. So it's not, you know, oh, we only lost by 24 instead of 29. But again, it's just one of those little things. We're, we're, We're trying to learn who this team is. And 
although we have in our minds our expectations of what this team is, now that we're starting to put together some of these games, we're now one and two. It's a fact. Okay. Three games and four nights. It's a fact. We have a five-game homestand upcoming. It's a fact. And we you generally know who your team is by about 20 games into the season, which is about a quarter of the way through. So we definitely have a, a long way to go. But the first quarter of the quarter, it's not looking good. <laughs> yeah. and But coming off a of last game with the Lakers, you can just see that we know who they are, obviously, I feel like a little bit already. I know 20 games, yeah, yes. that makes sense. But we know who we are, defensive mid-range shooting uh driving dunking like getting to the rim that just everything basically we're we're all over the place right now as a suns team in the last lakers game but we when seeing that we know that's who we are i just think getting to that next level though to show that we can do it day in day night precisely yeah you you think of like the golden state warriors after their the the year that they first won their championship the pre-kd year where they lost in the playoffs the year before they came out the next season and it was game in, game out, day in, day out. They were who they were. But I will agree with Grim Rippa in the chat. There's one thing I think we can all agree on even after tonight. Fuck the Lakers. Am I right? If it makes you feel better, yes. Definitely. Wow. Wow, it makes Matthew. me feel better. No, I'm saying I was saying we all feel better saying that. So yeah. <laughs> okay. You said, well, if you said if it makes you feel better. If, if it, it makes you feel make better. You feel, trust yeah. me, anything it can make me feel make better right better. now. I had Taco Bell for dinner, and then I had some of my birthday cake from last week. That's and beautiful. I just, just not feeling great, you know. Yeah, <laughs> feeling great. And plus, we do miss the juice. Yeah, we, we do, do miss, miss we we do miss the juice definitely. So, um, it it's come to to that point of the podcast. Everybody's favorite drop. Watch. DeAndre Ayton, the guy who wanted the max this year. Here we go. Went out and earned it tonight. Eight points, three rebounds, one assist, 26 minutes played. Ouch. And I'll tell you this. This is what I put in my notes early on. I go, he's very active early on the offensive end. He was cutting a bunch. Uh, He was doing some give and go actions with Jay Crowder that I've never seen him do. And on the defensive side, he was active as well. He was blocking shots. Uh, There's some really good shot deterrence. His hands were active. He was knocking balls out of bounds. But I feel as the game progressed, you, you when these games happen, when you start to get when you get punched in the mouth, you get the Devin Booker's of the world who just start like, okay, I'm just going to start grinding now. I'm going to start taking my shots. I'm going to try to get us back in. And then you get other guys who just are, they're like a chair and they're like, yeah, I'm just going to fold. And that's what happened yeah. to DA tonight, man. He just he folded after they they went down like 20 points. The motivation was gone. the The frustration from the San, the uh, Suns fans came out on Twitter. And you're just like, oh, okay. You know, like this isn't a great rebounding team he's going against. He's going against uh, Yusef Nurkic. It's like he's the best rebounder in the league. He's more of an offensive guy than a defensive guy. But Aiton just didn't have the motor or the fight in him to go grab any of those rebounds. Uh, if anybody bet on any statistics relative to DeAndre, I think the thing we're learning early for Suns fans, bet the under. Always, especially if he, if he has a really good game. Even though last game with the Lakers wasn't that great offensively, you just bet the under. And uh, one thing you don't want to start doing with him is doing the, you know, is he worth the max or not? We talked about it. I talked about the last pod. It sucks because that's going to be one thing that is always brought up now. You know, the whole respect thing and you're going out there and you're not really committed, especially when the energy has gone. You're pulling LeBron, not really putting in the effort. There's a lot of talk to him, too, on the court with Mikhail Bridges and him. 
a lot of McHale in his ear and stuff. And I don't know if it's bad stuff, but it's just like, hey, this is where you need to be in certain situations, this and that. And I'm not no, I don't know if I'm reading in too much into that, but it just seems like the way he speaks to DA is kind of like, hey, like I'm it's crazy how Mikhail came later in the draft from him, right? Or after him. And he's a guy telling him what to do on the court still and all that crap. Like he's a true leader right now in his fourth year in the yeah. NBA, along with DA with his fourth year. But it should be back and forth. I mean, it must be a pain for them if they do. If they're having to tell him to do everything on the court consistently, that just would be a pain in the ass. So I hope that's not the thing. And I hope we don't get too much into the max and all that his contract, but this is the way it's going to be the season. It is because of the statements that he made about being respected and things of that nature. You know, you look at the people that he wants to be respected, like the other guys in his draft class who got their money and they're performing consistently. Luka Doncic nearly had another triple double tonight. Uh, Trey Young didn't have the greatest night, but still put his, his team in a position to win. And Deandre Ayton. And this is why I talked about it. You know, when all that stuff was going on, it's like, it might be a smart business move by James Jones to say, hey, let's take a look this year and see what you're really worth. And then based on your performance this year, you can test the market and see what you're really worth. And that's not me telling you. That's the market telling you. Instead of us just being like, hey, man, here's all the money. And of course, when you have performances like this, you're going to get those kind of conversations. Now, I'm not a dumb basketball fan. I understand that Portland was shooting the lights out tonight. And when a team shoots the lights out tonight, guess what happens? There's less rebounds. Like I understand that. But at the same time, watching the game, he came in with a very high motor, which I was very excited for. Like I said earlier, not a lot of his shots were falling either. He wasn't taking a bunch, but I think he ended like what, like three for six from the field. Uh, Look it up. Yeah. Three for six, six. three for six from the field. Um, And, but again, as the team started to get punched in the mouth and you're like, Oh man, this might be, uh, this might be an ass kicking unless our team can put it together, you know, DeAndre Ayton folded right along with it. And it was just, again, it's frustrating to watch. We'll, we'll be seeing if it's a trend moving forward. Uh, Chris Paul tonight, be. Chris Paul, yeah, four points, two for five from shoot uh, from the field. Uh, he had three text messages and 11 assists. So this is one of those nights that you saw on the, the back of a back-to-back. Chris Paul was in distribution mode. He wasn't out there trying to um, carry this team, you know, and he shouldn't have to, in all honesty. You look at how this team performed last night, and we even saw it in the first game where we lost to Denver. This team can score in so many different ways, and so many different people can provide the offense that all we need him to do is be the distributor, and he did what he could. He got those 11 assists. Uh, but, you know, again, the team needs to help help him out because we you had Alfred Payton, JaVale McGee come off the bench and score in double figures. And only Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges on the first team unit had uh, double figures. So, you know, Chris Paul, I'm not going to bag on him and his performance. You look at the plus minus, he had the worst plus minus uh, of all of the players. What, negative 29 or something to that effect? But yeah, you know, did, you, did, you, did you see anything from Chris Paul? Were you frustrated with his performance? Or you, or I'm actually not. No, because the thing yeah, is with good. him, especially on a back-to-back night, and I noticed this last year in the playoffs too, I, I think I was always a little too hard on him for some reason, even though he's a point god. Like, I feel like I looked at his game in a different way, and you're right. When you say like where he's trying to distribute with everybody else on the court in nights like this, like they have to make up for his absence offensively. Mm-hmm. So offensively he can distribute he can get you good looks that's what he's going to do so it's up to the rest of the team to help him out 
and he's going to play the minutes. It was a blowout. So of course he didn't play like 35 minutes, but yeah. he would have, he would have, if people would have helped him out. So I'm not disappointing him. Um, there's really no one to be disappointed into tonight as much. Maybe Aiden, just cause we're so down about his performance later in the game, the rest of the game after he started off pretty good, but the Chris, I Paul, got, one, I got one guy I'm disappointed in, but we'll get to him in a second. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get too much into Chris Paul. This is just a game where, I'm going to wait till Wednesday night when they play again against the Sacramento Kings and see how yeah, they play. Exactly. See how they play there. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, again, fantastic night. Four for five from deep, five yeah. for nine shooting, 14 points. Thank you, Mikhail. Thank you very much. Made some money off you tonight. He had the yellow that, shoes on, too. Was that, that the first that, time this season? Wearing the yellow shoes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I bet the over on what, like 12 and a half points for him. He got 14. I was like, boom, shot. Oh, there it is. There's your shameless plug. There you go. <laughs> Easy money. Easy money. Um, but the guy who did kind of frustrate me tonight, and I haven't talked about him too much in the first couple games, but I am just kind of frustrated with his performance. And typically I'm a big fan, but that's Pyramid Poppy. Abdul Nader, two for seven from the field, 0 for three from downtown. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of his hustle and his ability to go and, and force the issue at the rim. And I think the reason that I was a big fan of his affinity to do so was because no one else on the team would. But on a night where you have the you have the likes of Alfred Payton, who is doing that? That's the role. He's the guy who's going to go ahead and and take that ball to the rim. I don't need another guy necessarily to do that. And I think that you know in the first half he was kind of learning that the paint was almost getting clogged because Alfred Payton would like drive in, create a mismatch, dish it out to Abdul Nader, and then he would drive in too. And then it was like a, it forced a bad, ugly shot. And we know that. Dually, that's what he does. He, he puts up some bad shots. And then as the game progressed, he's like, oh, well, I, I should probably hang out here and just chuck up threes. And then therefore he went over three. Mm-hmm. But he's the one guy when I look up and down the roster that I'm not, I'm just not impressed with. Like he is the one asset that the Phoenix Suns have to where if they move that asset, I don't know if necessarily I'd be frustrated in any way, shape, or form. And uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, like Chandler Hutchinson, uh, Ish Wainwright, you know, obviously the guys at the back end of the bench, like, yeah, those guys too. But guys, a guy who's actually getting minutes, the guy who backs up Mikhail Bridges, I almost wish that Cameron Johnson would be the backup three. I really do. I wish we could dish Abdul Nader in an Johnson? asset. Yeah, I think he would be a great backup. Take him three. away from my my four spot. Yeah, that's your thing, not mine. <laughs> You know, know, you want you want him to be the starting four. I think he'd be a great backup three. Oh, okay. But because we don't have a backup four, he plays there. Nader plays in the backup three position. And I feel like this is kind of like one of the uh, one of the holes. And yeah, as, as Grim Ripa says, like Tory Craig, that's why he misses the juice. Tory Craig would be a great a great backup four. Put Cameron Johnson, he'd be even more dominant in a backup three position because he could over he'd be overly physical for any backup three that he's playing against. He could shoot all day. But instead, we have Dooley, and I just I haven't been overly impressed. And again, it's three games, and I know it. But where have we ever been overly impressed with Abdul? No, Nader? never. Outside I of mean, his hustle, the game he plays, it can be a mess. It can be really uh, disruptive to what we're trying to do on the court. It, the fitting is just so weird because you know he's a guy that they want to play. Monty loves him. Yes. He's going to get a lot of minutes. It's just the weirdest thing because I feel like Monty just sees something, and it's not just it's not working out. And yes, juice over him any day. Juice is a guy that we would love to have to play the backup three. Hell yeah! But Nate, Nate no, backup just, four. Oh yeah, or yeah, but back. I want him for backup four. Too. Okay. No, well, no, I you like put Cam Johnson at the four or at the three. At the three. We're, Tory sw- Craig we're at the four. on that, huh? Yeah, we're switcheroo on that. Okay. But we both agree well, that Juice is better than Dooley. 
Yeah, and it, it's probably never going to work out. It's just like, it, how long can you believe in this to where he comes into the game and there's there's some promise there once in a while, but it's never, ever, ever consistent. I don't even know if he no. really put together one good game for the Suns where he would be like a jam star in honor of his lifetime. I don't he know had if he one game Did he get last a jam year. star? Uh, I think so, last year. Remember, I wrote that piece for Bright Side of the Sun about how I wish that the rest of the Suns would play with the same tenacity that he did. And then he went out and he yeah. scored like 17 points or something off the bench. And we're like, oh, hey. And I remember Dave was like, oh, wow, you really you timed that one up, right? And then he didn't do shit the rest of the year. And then the moment he was healthy in the NBA finals, he was getting minutes again. Again, he's like, Bonnie always has that one guy who's like, no matter what, I'm playing this guy. It's the Elia Kobo effect. And that's what he has with Abdul Nader. And like, I get it from a contract standpoint, like why he's on the roster. You know, it's two million a year for the next two years. So he's yeah. unbelievably affordable, but that doesn't mean he, we can afford him minutes. He, he's just not. Uh, so looking at his statistics, <laughs> I make my I make myself. We're, so, we're so good tonight. Yeah, we're just we're on point for the nation. We appreciate you, Jamsters. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, with thank a couple, you. Thank a couple you. Of, putting up with us, putting up with us, jackasses over here. But uh, Abdelnader thus far in the season. Uh, per game, two points per game. He's shooting 25% from the field. Um, I mean, he's just, he's not playing well, and those numbers are going to digress as he puts together a two for seven performance. It's just, that's one player that's unnecessary. And obviously, it would take something to to bring in some something, you know. I just I don't know. I don't know no, the answer yeah. right now. But the, the rest of the when the rest of the team's doing great, we just kind of avoid this Nader situation. Until yeah. It, until we just lose games like this, we're like, what? The, like, oh, there's Nader. There he is. You know, it's it, we point our finger at him a lot whenever we're losing. But I, whenever the Suns are doing good, but he never helps either way. Either way, he's not going to help in a loss. He's never going to help in a in a win. So. I agreed with Ted Lubin in the chat. Give sticks, Nader's. Yes. I agree with that 110%. I actually that wrote that down like sticks. Everything Please. that I that I want. Because if you're going to sit there and waste minutes on a guy, waste minutes on sticks. Please. Let him get in the game. Okay, let him try to develop a little bit. Move Cameron Johnson to the three. Everybody, everybody wins. We'll see. I know. I know. You're over the shake of your head. You want, you want him to be the four. You know, all right, move Jay Crowder as the backup three to make Matthew there happy or whatever. Yeah, I just think we're go. undersized. We're undersized at power forward backup because it's Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson's six foot nine, yeah. and then our starting minutes. guy six foot nine. So it's like typically your power forward is like you know a six ten guy, uh, six eleven yeah. sometimes. But I like that. I'm gonna start pushing for that. It's like listen, delete Nader input sticks there. Change those minutes. You know, I don't care if it is how many minutes is he averaging a game? Eleven minutes a game—that's the perfect amount to give to Sticks right now. Don't you agree? Yeah, and I actually wrote down in the first quarter, Sticks. Could we see some Sticks tonight? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna get um, the back to back, a little bit of rest or whatever for some of these players, I want to see some Sticks minutes. I want to see if he's for real in a game like this where you know it's probably not going to go the right way. Just let's see what we can do with them. Right? Not in the garbage time, but put him in some real situations. Yeah, see what he can exactly. do exactly. Exactly. I mean, it can't be worse than Abdel Nader. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. All right. We bet a bucket game on a two-leg parlay. You, the Jamsters, tell us what to bet on Twitter. And then we discuss it on the post-game pod. So year-to-date winnings. We are now down $3. We're 0 for 3 in the first three games. Uh, today, we just did the spread plus total points. The spread for Phoenix was plus two and a half. The total points was over 231.5. Uh, we definitely hit the over on the points. 
but I'm, but the Suns did not cover the spread. And that with 52.1%, that is what the Jamsters predicted uh, we do. They said take Phoenix plus 2.5. Uh, actually, they were completely wrong. They said the under. Take the under, 231. So mm-hmm. 52% got it exactly wrong. It should have been Portland and the over. That was the lowest amount taken. Only 2.8% of our 71 votes on Twitter did that. So we are now three dollars we've yet to win one of these bet on it polls but you know what we got 82 dollars that we started with coming from the jamsters money that you donate in the chat that super uh our our elite jamsters provide by being members by signing up in the description in our youtube channel so we've taken that 82 dollars and we're just going to bet a dollar a game we're going to put it out there uh so we really appreciate it but hey let's get one right man because this is uh we've got it the exact opposite of what happened (laughs) <laughs> exact option we need that matthew is, is my bad juju man we need to get matthew that cam johnson jersey so uh there you go bet on it we bet on it and we lost once again jam star of the game it's jam star of the game time the time where if you're listening on the podcast go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you're here watching on YouTube, all of you, we truly appreciate it. Hit that thumbs up button. Go ahead, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Uh, Matthew, I think you went first last game, right? Yes. Good. You're going first again. All right. Well, I'm going to do a little shared star, and it's going to be uh, JaVale McGee and Alfred Payton. Honestly, they love well, it. I just I love seeing Alfred Payton out there with the health, soul, and energy. JaVale McGee is out playing Aiden. You're even going to get that. You're going to get the talks of like, oh, maybe we just need McGee to be in the starting lineup and we'd be fine, right? <laughs> like things like that. I'm just saying stuff like that's going to happen. So those two, uh, McGee was limited minutes, so it was 12 minutes, but he really put forth a lot of effort. And I like Peyton out there really getting the minutes and just getting underneath his belt and just trying to go out there and make something happen with the offense. You can tell he was really trying tonight. So those are my two jam stars. I absolutely love it. And I love Sonia Lovato in the chat. She says she's a new, new elite jamster. She loves the hey, podcast. Hashtag Valley Proud. Drop $10 in the Super Chat. Sonia, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Let us know who your jam star is in the chat. Uh, You took mine. Mine was going to be JaVale McGee. Definitely think that. You know, you look, he scored his first 10 points in the first quarter before getting those three fouls. uh, Ended with only 12 points. But it's the energy that he brings. It's like you wish you could take his hustle and his the the fun he has playing the game. Put that into like a little energy drink and then – hand it over to uh, DeAndre Ayton and be like, hey, man, take a chug of this before the game starts. Or when, or in the third quarter when he starts to just be like, oh, you know, I mean, because that's what makes JaVale so much fun to watch. You know, I will say this. Him shooting free throws is really, really interesting. He's got a funny-looking free throw. Yeah, he does. And he then does. he took an 18-footer for his 10th point, and he nailed it after missing two free throws. And I was like, whoa, JaVale, like – He's I'm just gonna all be making, over the place. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be making fun of that free throw yeah. form all year long. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He'll get to the line because he's aggressive enough to do so. And I love seeing that. So he is definitely the jam star of the game. And that's what a lot of the, the jamsters are saying. They're giving it to JaVale. They're giving all the bag money to Peyton. So, you know, it's definitely it's sad when uh, it's. Uh, your two of your bench players are easily the jam stars. You of know the it's game. a loss, right? Yeah, you yeah, <laughs> yeah. you definitely Usually, you know it's a yeah. loss right there. So um we'll go ahead and we'll 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 let let's preview it. Let's preview the next game Wednesday okay. night, 7 p.m. Sacramento Kings are coming to town. Matthew, we haven't talked about the Kings yet, have we? No, not yet. Well, well I mean we did a little well, preview. We did because isn't that funny? Like our 
our three preseason or our four preseason games, the three teams that we played, we played Sacramento, Lakers, Lakers, Blazers. Those are our first like four games of the season, three of the same opponents outside of Denver. It's all the same stuff. So um, break them down, break them down. Well, I mean, Sacramento, when they're one and one, we're going to Suns, the rebound that they need is a team like Sacramento. But the, the thing that's so tricky is if they're going into Sacramento and they can't pull it out, then that's when you have questions with the Suns team a little bit. I mean, after such a great win against the Lakers, you followed up with a stinker. And if you go play Sacramento and it's another stinker, then you have some major questions. And if it's the same kind of hustle and effort from Aiden, everything else going on with the rest of the players that falls into that game, it's going to be a little bit of trouble. All right. I know the eight and eight mm-hmm. start last year was something to worry about kind of, but a one and three start with a team that should be ready to play and to beat a team like the Kings that you just need to wipe them out. That's what I'm looking for, man. It has to be a blow. It has to be something, a statement kind of just like, Hey, we're back. We'll get into the flow and things. We're here. Don't worry about us. You're exactly right. This is a get right game for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they need to show everybody like, Hey, we are just, we are who you thought we were. Okay. Yeah. We're a championship contender. We're a team that many people have talked about being atop the Western conference at the end of the season. And you shouldn't stumble out of the gate. Cause if you do, you start those narratives. Oh, are they the Miami heat of last year, a team that went to the NBA yeah, finals the year I before know. in the bubble and lost and, you know, fatigue and, and they're tired and you got the Robert Sarver situation, which we know by Wednesday will have, will be blown up. Uh, our buddy yep. Flex has said it on Twitter. He says that he knows there's a lot of things like expect some shit to roll to go downhill. It's it's all going to be coming out early next week. You're going to have that narrative. You have the DeAndre Ayton narrative. You have all of these different topics of conversation that are negative around the organization. And then if you come out and you go one and three again, I get it. It's four out of 82 games, but it's not the ideal start. It's not exactly what you want from your organization and from your team on the court with all this whirlwind going around. So you're exactly right. It's a get right game. The Sacramento Kings are a team though, that like I mentioned before, they have that offense. They're not a great defensive team like Portland, but they definitely have the offense. You got De'Aaron Fox. You got Harrison Barnes, who scored 36 against Portland. You got Rashawn Holmes, who's definitely going to out hustle DA on the boards unless DA, you know, puts his, uh, his, his, JaVale McGee hat on and plays up to his level. You got Davion Mitchell. You got Tyrese Halliburton. They got the good leadership uh, with with uh, Tristan Thompson and you know Alex Lenz on the team. Help Marvin Bagley's still even there. You know, so I mean, they definitely have a roster that can score points against you. You have to have the capacity to shut them down and play your brand of basketball and beat them in one of the many ways that the Phoenix Suns can. I, it could be beating them with the bench. It could be beating them with three-point shooting. It could be beating them with defense or pick-and-roll action or getting to the line. All these different ways that we can beat different teams. We just didn't see any of that tonight, and we better see it on Wednesday, or we're going to have to tell a lot of people, like, listen, I see the bridge over there. Don't go jump off of it just yet. It's only game four. Yeah, well, we'll have that talk till they get things right. It's just, it's an upsetting game. Sorry. <laughs> I just keep thinking about Aiden and stuff, and I'm just like, it's, it's frustrating. It's going to be a long, this is a long, everything you just brought up, you listed, it's like, it's going to be a long mother effing season, dude. It is, man, because there's all yeah. these extra stories so around it. Stuff. And there's a couple of guys who sit and go live after every game. We're going to be constantly be talking about it. It's always going to yeah. be topics. You know, even with the Sarver situation, okay, obviously we addressed it 
uh, on the podcast at the front end of the podcast last time. And that was the first time we kind of talked about it here, and it was very fresh information. I'm already tired of people asking me about it. I'm getting text messages from friends, and they're like, "Hey, what is this I hear about Robert Sarver?" I'm like, "Fuck, I just read." Just... <laughs> Yeah, you'll find you out on Monday. Yeah, what, like, do you, what yeah. do you know? I say subscribe to the pod. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I was hanging out at the at the local follow flex. Yeah, follow flex. You'll you'll get everything you need to know there. Don't ask me, leave me alone. So, you know, again, it's uh it's gonna be an interesting few days in Phoenix Suns land. Obviously, when we come back and you see us on Wednesday evening, we'll be talking about hopefully a dub and a bunch of other whirlwind if not shit, so. full full gray beards well some full gray beards on Wednesday, i'm already starting to w. get some little grays yeah there. i, I got 39 yeah i got i got some little grays you got some you got there. grays already yeah i actually just shave everything but the little gray hairs smart yeah people smart. like it yeah people they're like hey man he, <laughs> is that gandalf walking down the street yeah. like look at that he's flipping the beard and such so <laughs> uh for our lock it in against the fanning the flames are we predicting a winner yeah, or a loss it's for a, the Kings? Loss for the Kings. Like or for, for the Suns against the Kings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a win for the Suns, for sure. All right, we're, we're locking it yeah. in. It will be a win. Uh, if you're interested to hear what Fan in the Flames prediction is for the next week of games, you can get their podcast. I think they generally come out on Wednesdays. It's Tuesday or Wednesdays when their pod generally comes out. Uh, so you can hear the boys over at Fan in the Flames, what they have to say. Yeah. Uh, currently, we're all tied at one and two, just like the Phoenix Suns. We all predicted Suns would start out three and oh. We were all wrong. So uh, that one and two. That's, that's we'll have to we pick a that. loss here once in a while <laughs> you know what i mean we can't yeah get too happy, right? well and, and you know like you know me i will definitely pick a loss when i think it's right i did i honestly didn't think that tonight would be a loss i really didn't think so i thought that this team coming off that emotional win would take that up to portland and whoop some ass but again you know the one x factor we have to remember time and time again is like no one's taking nights off against the suns this year man it's like notre dame football when Notre Dame comes into town, you better pucker up. Like everybody knows it's a chance to be on national television and to whoop some ass. Now, obviously tonight the Suns weren't on national television, uh, but Portland knows. Portland knows that you go and you beat a Phoenix team and hey, the way that you do, people will talk about you on Monday. Yeah. The energy in that building, man. Nothing Absolutely. can beat that, honestly. Yeah, the Moda Center, man, off the hook. Yeah. Off the hook. So uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? How, how, I got one question for you. How about yeah. this one? Okay. So I am putting together and finalizing a piece for Bright Side of the Sun because it's video game week on Bright Side of the Sun. And thinking about video games, I was taken back to my childhood to, pro- to one of the greatest video games ever made. And it's, it kind of plays right into the name of our podcast. The Sun's Jam Session podcast is inspired not only by John and Matthew, because that spells jam, but by NBA Jam. And NBA Jam Tournament Edition was one of the funnest video games ever made and had it on sega genesis uh just unbelievable the the graphics the way that you the gameplay it was finally it was just out of this world and it got me to thinking and the basis of an article that i'll be publishing i think it comes out monday for a bright side of the sun is who is the best duo all time in phoenix suns history for nba jam and they have to be guys who played on the same team together so you can't be like nash and barkley because they didn't play on the same team together you know what i'm saying so if you were to pick the two now i made like a top six list in phoenix suns history uh and i don't want to give it all away obviously i want people to go to bright side of the sun listen or uh, read that article it's gonna be really fun um who do you think though who do you think 
Uh, I have to go with the uh, Robert Sarver and a bag of cocaine. That's my duo. <laughs> That's my oh, duo, dude. Man. He's same, hitting same up. Team, right? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go National Mario because you gotta get the dunks and the threes. National so Mario, okay. Yeah, it's a for sure thing for me. What do you? Who do you got, man? I mean, you don't have to list out them, all of them, but uh, I don't want to give away my number one. But National Mario right. is definitely on the top six list. Yeah. that I have. Uh, I will say that, um, you know, don't count out the likes of like Larry Nance Senior. We saw Larry Nance Junior oh, tonight, okay. but there Larry Nance, Larry Nance Senior was a hell of a dunker. In the yeah. in in his time, and having him on NBA Jam playing that video game would just would have been epic. And that's one of the the challenges with NBA Jam. Like when you go back and you know the, the great thing about NBA Two K is NBA Two K the original one came out in December of 1999, and ever since then they've had the same one over and over and over again. You know, it's got the updated roster. So if you go back and you play like NBA, I remember I think it was NBA Two K Four was one of my favorite games to play ever because it had uh, Stefan Marbury and a rookie Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, and I used to play the shit out of that game before I went to the army. And like with NBA Jam, it's like the first one came out in '93, Tournament Edition came out in like '94. They made a couple shitty versions like later, but chronologically, there was just never more opportunities to update those rosters and to and to really kind of compare and contrast them. It was like okay, that's the '93 '94 season, and that was pretty much it. Carlos Johnson, please stop that shit in the chat. I hate fucking people who troll in the chat. Please, you got you, okay. <laughs> Two trips to the line in the first half. What the fucking do? We lost by twenty nine. Get over it, Christ Almighty, Jesus, I'm grumpy. Like Dave start. King right now, man. Well, so they they chronologically they just they stopped making that game. So that's what kind of makes this a fun opportunity to kind of go back and take a look at uh, who those different teams are and you know how they were there and then they weren't. And it would have been cool to see like you know the the, the seven seconds or less sons. It would have been cool to see them played together on that video game you know what i'm saying i do know what you mean yeah just what what a hell of a podcast yes thank you <laughs> what a what a hell of a game and a podcast tonight yeah so let's get things uh, right tomorrow let's let's get it right on wednesday so wednesday uh, on tomorrow. that note jamsters we appreciate you hanging out with us uh whether you're listening along live or if you're listening along live if you're listening to the podcast please subscribe rate and review if you're watching along live thanks for kicking it with us even after a tough game, if you're sitting here and you're watching this podcast, you, you the real MVP. You are you real really jester, are. you know. So, uh, Matthew, you got anything to say before we go ahead and get out of here? Uh, go home and tell your family to shut up and go to bed. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> Take care, everybody. We'll see you on Wednesday okay. after the Phoenix Suns play the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm.